Have you ever wondered how deep tech companies actually start? Well, we were too. So in this podcast, we'll be interviewing scientists and entrepreneurs that have taken their ideas out of the lab and turned them into startups. I'm Antonia. And I'm Christina. And this is Startup the Science. This podcast is brought to you by Enon Berlin, the innovation network for advanced materials, bringing together the brightest minds in material science. Visit us at enom.berlin. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Startup the Science. So today we are going to talk to two wonderful, charming Italian men. Italiano. Italiano, yes. You will hear the accent. Yeah. You won't be able to avoid it even no. if you don't want to hear it. So they come from a startup that we love, love, love. Fleep Technologies. I think they're rebranding it now to Fleep Tech. Um, yeah, so we love these guys. We met them during AdmaCom where they uh, successfully participated and won some prizes. Uh, Ferdinand Bartels, episode three of season two, Startup the Science, mentions Fleep Tech as one of his mm, favorites. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to say that word. He had a really hard time picking favorites yeah. though, but he did mention Fleep and we can totally understand why they're very professional. In fact, you will hear how very, very professional they are in this episode because even though we tried to make them laugh and joke around. They're normal selves, I think. Yeah. yeah. Um, they, they didn't. didn't. But it's okay. It's because they took this podcast very seriously and they decided to be their most professional selves. Anyway, you will hear the serious side of Paolo and Georgia today. But if you want to get to know them better, I'm sure you can visit them in Milan. They can take you out for a nice... Uh, gelato. Gelato. Aperitivo. Pizza. Pizza, pasta. Yep. All the good stuff. Yum. Yum. I'm hungry. <laughs> While Christina goes to eat. Oh, wait. We forgot to mention one thing. Paolo's fired. Oh, yeah. So there is an awkward joke that will um, <laughs> take you by surprise <laughs> in the middle of this episode where Georgia says that um, he can fire Paolo. And we just like to let everyone know that nobody got fired during the recording of this episode. It's just an inside joke that went too far. That's a long disclaimer. Anyway, let's get started. Here's Paolo and Georgia from Fleep Tech. So today we're talking to Fleep Technologies and we have um, two of their team members here with us today. Would you guys like to introduce yourselves? Hi guys, everybody. Hi, I'm Giorgio and I'm the CEO of Fleep Technologies. And I am Paolo and the lead engineer on Fleep Technologies. Great, nice to have you here. So Fleep sounds fun. Uh, what does it stand for? So it's an acronym of a Flexible Algeria Electronics Enabling Platform. Flexible Large Areas Enabling platform. Electronic. Electronic. Sorry, too easy. Okay, good. <laughs> Got it. Okay, explain that in more detail for us. Yes. So actually, we print transistors and all devices that are needed to realize large area electronics. So uh, the concept of Flip is really into the realization of a process for uh, completely plastic electronics. So actually, we don't do any kind of silicon electronics and standard processing. Indeed, we use printing and only polymers to realize uh, micro-integrated circuits. And I know you guys have already got some traction and won some awards and people are excited about your technology. Why is that? What's so special about what you do? Actually, we don't know, but I mean, uh, no, no, no. That's a very honest answer. Yeah, yeah, let's no, go no. for the sales pitch answer. <laughs> Being serious. Um, so, yes, actually, we are uh, one of the very few companies that can handle this kind of electronics. So there are very few companies worldwide who are actually doing flexible electronics. And we kind of have uh, uh, something that it's a difference between the others and it's uh, the use of only printing techniques to realize this kind of electronics, so it's more scalable. So everything you do is printed, is that what you're saying? 
Yes, exactly. And that is scalable for obvious reasons, because you could print everything. How are people doing it now? How are your competitors doing it instead? So uh, most of the companies that uh, are our competitors are mostly taking standard silicon processes and just porting them onto standard wafers or glass wafer where they put some flexible substrate. So the real deal is that doing with printing, you actually uh, have a lower setup cost for uh, the fab and also so you can really handle very high volumes. So, I mean, mm-hmm. the cost structures will be very different in the end from what is standard electronics and also the competitors' ones. Why are they not doing what you're doing then if it's so much better? What's your Because secret? actually it's really hard to realize everything printed. So we spent seven years of research doing that and trying to optimize uh, everything printed. And yes, actually we are now at a stage where we can say that this can go to the market. Seven years. You've been doing this for seven years? Yes, it was actually my PhD subject. Okay. And so I started as a master thesis student in an Italian Institute of Technology in Milan. And then I kept going just around uh, and going and going. And in the end, we got one commercial project with one huge multinational companies of the electronic sector. And that was the moment when I realized uh, that actually it was probably the case to bring it to the market because it was something really interesting. So you've been researching and working on this for seven years, but the company is not seven years old. No, actually not. We've been founded in uh, uh, May 2019. So actually... Super recent. The company's a baby. That's cute. Yeah, it's really cute. <laughs> so what's the story of your uh, company setup? How did that all come about? So, yes, I was telling you, actually, we started everything with uh, one um, commercial project with this multinational company. And so they came to us asking for a very specific question, actually a problem to solve. We cannot disclose of that. Uh, it was it's really interesting going to the biomedical sector. So actually it was a biomedical packaging application. After that... Actually, we started working a lot onto the scaling the process and trying to find ways to change some parts of the process so that it will have been more scalable. So once we got to a very, very good point, I got the opportunity to go to the United States to study entrepreneurship as a Fulbright Scholar at Santa Clara University. And I had to find somebody that could just uh, take him for me in the lab. And this was Paolo. So yeah, I, I made my my master thesis work with uh, Giorgio and then I learned almost anything in the in the lab and so Giorgio left me the work when uh, he was out from Italy and I continued I continued <laughs> it yeah and in the end when he was back uh, we decided to found flip so the idea uh-huh. was born like that, and then uh, after some month of setup of anything, we was able in May to to found it. Okay, so you guys have actually been working together for a much longer time. Yeah, it's yeah, more or less three years. Three years. Three years. So you were always his boss. Yeah, yeah. Well, for now, I can fire him, <laughs> and I can fire him too. It's a mutually uh, mm-hmm. firing situation yeah. going on here. Uh, very good. And so uh, you mentioned that the first the first project you worked on or the first commercial project was because a company came to you and asked you to develop a solution how did that happen did they just know you was it part of your network or how how did this contract come about? Actually, it was totally by chance. It happened that one of the uh, lead program developer of, uh, of this multinational company was a PhD in electronics, where also the PI of the printed and molecular electronics group okay. was 
PhD. And so actually they met just by chance. And uh, actually this company was looking for a new technology that could solve this specific problem, biomedical packaging. And mm -hmm. they asked us for just some consultancy. And, that's and after that, nice. that's how it started. Of course, we added into the consultancy our technology because it was mm -hmm. valuable as well. So can you give us some more examples of how your technology could be applied? What kind of problems could it solve? Or I was going to say create, but I'm sure it doesn't create any problems. <laughs> what problems does it solve? Yes, actually, uh, there are many, many problems that this technology solves. And the first one is, of course, that uh, electronics is more or less everywhere now. And there is a huge need uh, of a technology that can solve the easiness to make it easier to uh, integrate these electronics into products. So the first key point is actually up to now, every object that integrates electronics is built around the electronics. So if you imagine just a touch screen, actually, or if you have one of those cafeteria tables that are now interactive and have a touch screen inside, actually, they have to build a table around the electronics. In this way, we can actually print everything on a very thin piece of plastic and then put onto the table this kind of electronics and make it a smart surface. So if we imagine a surface, any surface that we have, for instance, in our home now that is not that smart, maybe a table, we could make that into a smarter object by using your technology instead of thinking of the smart surface first and then building the table around it. Would that, exactly. would that be accurate? Okay. Yeah. Secondly, uh, there is one other key point that is the environmental aspect of electronics. Actually, we are thinking a lot about what is Internet of Things nowadays and how it has to develop. And there are some forecasts that say that by 2026, we should have 75 billion of connected objects everywhere in the world. And actually, nobody is really thinking about how to dispose of them. And there's, there is a, a lot of e-waste. So we are talking about various uh, hundreds, thousands of million tons what happens now with all this waste? Where does it go? Actually, usually uh, it's just taken apart in some uh, uh, recycled center uh, around cities. And then what cannot be just recycled is taken, put onto huge ships that just go into uh, Indonesia, Thailand uh, and China and create these huge e-waste cities. So it's actually a really big problem. So we're talking about all the electronic devices that are at the end of their life cycle, any phones, screens, anything, any Phone, kind of device. Screens, yes. The difference here is that actually we propose uh, an electronics that is completely made by polymers. So there's no silicon in that, there's no rare, rare heart materials or something similar. And so this is recyclable as well. So mm -hmm. we're talking about printed and recyclable electronics. So at the end of the life cycle of a phone, for example, it could be taken apart and then the components could be recycled. Yes. The components that you would produce. Yes, as well. Right. Well, that's cool. That's even something we can understand. Yeah, so but if you think about it, this opens up a lot of uh, other opportunities. So, for example, I mean, the electronics uh, world is talking a lot since years about the possibility to make packaging interactive. And there is a very small chance to, do, to really do that with standard electronics. And the first reason is that every object where you put uh, a silicon chip, it just becomes special waste. And so it's not recyclable anymore. Pa most of the packaging is, for now and unluckily, mostly plastic. But uh, if we want to add some interaction to this kind of packaging, we have no chance uh, nowadays. And Flip can be the chance. Right. 
So we've actually had a couple of startups in our first season talk about interactive packaging. And we've been trying to imagine this uh, futuristic way of packaging things. It sounds fun and exciting for advertising especially. But I would like to know, are there also some very useful cases of this interactive packaging? Other than that they'd be, you know, fun and gadgety and flashy. Can you think of a useful for society <laughs> kind of kind of thing? Yeah, definitely yes. So if you take, for example, uh, medical devices and packaging for medical devices is really needed. For example, the people need to monitor how much drugs do they take, when do they take it. Okay, so the and dosage of their medication yes. would be on the package. Not only the dosage, but also the time where when it happened, how long ago it happened. Oh, that's very cool. Yeah. So this is one of those applications where the flip technologies can, can mm -hmm. really be... Useful. <laughs> okay, well, that's exciting. So um, let's talk a little bit about your company, your team. How far along are you in your life <laughs> as, a, as so, a company? <laughs> so yes, as we are saying before, actually we are pretty young. We are just a few months old. Yeah. We don't say the number. Uh, <laughs> that can be confusing depending on when this episode airs. Well. <laughs> yes, uh, very very few months old, and uh, actually uh, the team we built the team thinking about what was really needed uh, for the company at this stage. So actually, it's me. I'm Paolo. So I I have a PhD in electronics, and uh, as I told before, uh, a Fulbright scholarship in entrepreneurship. And Paolo instead is a material scientist. Part of the team are of course uh, Mario that. Are, that is the PI of the research group where everything started in the end. Also, there is Yari and Matteo who are really helping us. So they were, you can see them anyway as uh, investors because they believed in us at the beginning of Flip. And they just started working with us and setting up the company, uh, letting us understand what was uh, all about business development, product development, road mapping, uh, fundraising, etc. And so, yes. We started like this. So you have a team of five people? Yes. And you plan to grow a lot in the future, I'd imagine. Yes, what, actually, currently we are uh, trying to close our fundraising, first fundraise mm -hmm. for seed round in Italy. And uh, we plan that if we secure all the funds, uh, we will grow by uh, five more people. Wow, so you would double your team. Yeah, more or less. <laughs> And are you planning to, so you're mainly focused on Italy at the moment or not necessarily? Is your, are your clients in other countries as well? So yes, most of the clients for now are multinational companies because they are usually the ones that are really interested in understanding where this kind of technology can go. And so we mostly do proof of concept projects for them and feasibility studies. We are not really so much focused on Italy. We wanted okay. to start from Italy and we know that we want to keep some R&D there because it's actually where everything started and we want that something stays there. Uh, but we also, of course, going a lot around like... Uh, here at uh, Asmacom uh, in I was hoping you would get to in Berlin, in Berlin. <laughs> And uh, also in the US, uh, so we just came out of uh, uh, two accelerator programs uh, in uh, in California. Which one was your favorite accelerator program so far? Of course, I'm joking. <laughs> For sure. Shameless, <laughs> shameless plug. -in. Sorry, please continue. So yes, we just came out from these two accelerators in the US. There was a uh, Berkeley Skydeck and uh, Plug and Play. Of course, we are not focused only on Italy, and we are really open to understand whether to move uh, also some offices. Uh, here in Germany or there in the US. So clearly by listening to you, we all understand that you are very business-minded 
and you also have the technical background behind you. You might have touched on this already at the beginning of the conversation, but I kind of want to understand what triggered, what were the triggers to make you say, oh yeah, I'm going to take this idea out of the lab and turn it into Fleep. <laughs> so, yes, um, I, I guess it must be a combination of two things. The first is uh, was my attitude to applied research and not to basic research. And secondly, the, the fact that uh, I've, I've seen interest going, coming from uh, corporates. And so that was just started making me think that uh, it might be a startup, might be something that we actually sell. But uh, since the, the starting point where uh, I first thought this till really doing that was probably three years. Okay. And what's the biggest difference, would you say, between uh, being a researcher and now being a startup founder? <laughs> I'm sure there, there are, are many. hours that you have to work per day. <laughs> <laughs> That's for sure. And to work more is what you want. Also, uh, also on how you look at your technology, because it's really different, because uh, the technology you develop during research is your child, and uh, you really love it, but you... You cannot be, I mean, so straightforward with yourself and say, maybe this is not great for the market. And so there is this huge word that approaches you and is market. It's market, market, <laughs> market. What is the market? Why, we, why do I need a market for my technology that is so nice? And I really love it. And so, yes, uh, you need to forget your love for your technology. Okay. So you have to be a bit emotionally detached. Yeah. Okay, so now your technology is not your baby anymore. Yeah, it is, of course. But <laughs> <laughs> so it's really, it's really hard to detach, but uh, in some way you, you need to. And so you both have a technical background. Do you find it hard to transition to the business world? How did you get your uh, super smart business skills? Uh, I don't think we have uh, still super smart business business skills. But uh, your business are, skills, we, let's just call them that. <laughs> we. Are, we are developing them. So, I mean, uh, the Fulbright Master I did, actually, it was a, a really great opportunity to start understand uh, what was going around. Uh, so I had the opportunity to start my business background in what we can call probably the home of business. So it's Silicon Valley, and it was really, really interesting to understand uh, how they think about business. But coming back, I was also understanding that in Europe is very, very different. So yes, so it's really it's interesting. It's, it's, yeah, yeah, that's great, and um, yeah, it is definitely different. And right before talking to you, we actually talked to the only American startup that we had in Admacom, and we were asking him the same thing. What's the difference between the U.S. and Europe, and are you finding a lot of differences? And he said that yes, basically, in a word, they're kind of different different worlds altogether. Are you finding it hard, for example, to explain to investors what you guys do? Because that's an, also not another common trend we see, that in Europe there are there tends to be maybe more attention given to software or easier to explain startups than to deep tech so I have to admit that uh, the only place where 
I feel comfortable talking about my technology, not thinking about of not being understood. It's Germany because uh, here is uh, where uh, uh, printed electronics started and is more developed uh, overall in the world. It's very nice anyway going to Silicon Valley and seeing on very experienced C-level people that what you're proposing is not known, but uh, you can never understand if it's just it never just didn't reach there or just because uh, it's, it's so new. Mm -hmm. Actually, for now, we are not having so much trouble explaining to investors what we do. Uh, I mean, I'm really sorry for who's listening, but actually showing the sample will be much better and just makes everybody understand in on a single site what we're doing. Yeah, we can confirm that. Once you see the sample, it's much more obvious, that's for sure. So there seems to be a common theme um, among many startups we talk to that you've actually started working on your technology years before you founded the company. And it usually starts in a university context. Um, exactly as you said, you were working on it during your master's and then PhD. But I suppose there are also many scientists that never start a company, right? Um, what would be your words of wisdom for scientists that might be working on a project that could be commercialized, um, but maybe don't have the risk-taking attitude necessary to start a company? So I, I would suggest just not being uh, overprotective with uh, your project and not think about it some, with something that somebody can easily s steal. Because uh, if it's your project and it's your child, as I just said, uh, you really know everything about that. Yes, if you feel that you don't have the passion for going to the business side, find somebody who does. There are many scientists who just don't like doing just basic research and uh, they really like a lot just uh, trying to understand uh, how to make scientific things work in the real world and not just only the lab. Mm -hmm. So find someone like Paolo, for example. Yeah, I guess, yeah, <laughs> yeah. more or less. <laughs> find a partner. Okay, well, thanks a lot, guys, for your words of wisdom and generally for everything you've told us today. Is there anything else you'd like to say in the end? Any websites you'd like to promote? Any requests from our listeners? Yes, of course. Uh, we want to promote Flip Technologies. What? So come, <laughs> come visit us. What's your website? If you guys have a lot of millions to invest, uh, we are here. Uh, <laughs> We do get a lot of emails from our <laughs> listeners saying they have a lot of millions to Yeah, invest, so please so. come to us. So the website is uh, fleeptech.com. So fleep with two E. <laughs> we will we'll put, put it. it in the description. <laughs> we promise. There will be a link. We promise. Great. Thanks a lot for coming uh, to our podcast. And we'll talk to you soon. Thank ciao. you. Thank you very much. Ciao, ciao. Bye, guys. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Start Up the Science. If you like our show and want to know more about what we do, check out our website at enam.berlin. And don't forget to leave us a review. Until next time.